honestly, this was just something I wanted to do and I'm, I'm still here. I'm still doing it. So it's, I'm still, it, it's, it's an accomplishment, some might say, but for me, it's still a work in progress. Um, yeah. So just uh, keep yourself grounded. Make sure you know what your priorities are in the first place. For me, that's what kept me going was I, I know that I want to graduate from my graduate degree. I know I want to make use of it, whatever, wherever it takes me, whatever it is, whatever is planned, whatever the plan is for me. Hi everybody, I am Rox De Leon and this is episode 8 of A Curious Character. This episode is a conversation with Carmela Padilla. In this episode, Carmela shared anecdotes of how she navigated her graduate school application in the United States, coming from the Philippines as an electronics and communications engineering student at UP Diliman. After finishing her master's in electrical engineering, she has stayed in the U.S. and is now working in an American multinational corporation as an electronics and control engineer. Without further ado, let's get started with this episode. Welcome to A Curious Character. I'm so excited to be here today with my good friend, Carmela Padilla. And for this episode, so she has been, you've been in the episode, in the first one, the pilot episode, so you'll be my repeat yeah. guest. <laughs> Hi, Mela. And yeah, it's interesting for this one because specifically, we, we I asked you to talk to us about um, your graduate school story, how you navigated the mm-hmm. uh, triple E, going from triple E to then pursuing grad school in the US, which interestingly, mm-hmm. um, as I was preparing or as I was setting up this Zoom call today, I was checking my email and I saw a an email from a triple E student asking me how I got into Berkeley and then how <laughs> I financed, how I, was I a scholar and such. Uh-huh. And I was so excited to share this episode that we have because I feel like it's a good opportunity for those students who are graduating this upcoming second semester to yeah, you know, start yeah. preparing, okay, start deciding or thinking about going to grad school if they want to go to graduate school and it would give them ample time to you know prepare and just think about a timeline, what a timeline is like for someone who is in, who came from UP Diliman and now has been in the States for how long? <laughs> Three, 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 right? yeah, yeah, 2017, yeah, 2020, yeah. So, yeah, it's been a while. And I guess we could start by talking about why you decided to apply for master's. If you could start with, you know, if you've thought about it, like when you were graduating, when when did that um, thought process? Yeah, yeah. uh, first of all, thank you for having me back. <laughs> of course. I, I, I feel like the first episode was was just a pilot, so it was just a trial phase, but it, it you know, it went on to a lot of episodes, so congratulations to you. Thank um, you. Yeah, thought process for masters. Um, I didn't think of it at this, sorry, I think I thought of that in between college life, probably, um, on our third or fourth year, um, which is weird and and funny on my side because I had to, my third year and fourth year were uh, make it or break it phase because I I think on my third year, I failed several subjects all at once. And then my goal at that time was just, okay, I have to repeat the subjects and it's gonna be painful because I have to go through this again. But my goal is still to graduate and uh, on time, which was five years for for our program, and then for some reason I said like I'm relearning stuff and it's really cool. And 
I guess probably I failed it the first time because I didn't study properly or I didn't learn the concept properly. So that made me very interested in, uh, you would say advanced learning or learning more. I, I thought it's like, okay, if I stop at college, I guess it, it just stops there. I have, I have to work. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. So I thought maybe master's is a, something else I can look into. So it, it was just really a wandering thought. So it was never at the start of freshman year when I graduated, it, it, it was in between, so. Yeah, and, and I feel like um, even with the past conversations that I've had with different people who did their, who went to grad school is that when you're in that stage and you're in undergrad, your goal just shifts to, I need to pass this course, I need to graduate, and then I will think about what I want to do about my degree later on. So yeah. then I know, uh, if I remember correctly, you still took the board exam here in the Philippines, right? I did, I did. Yeah, yeah I did. Mm -hmm. So when you graduated, um, you work for a company in the Philippines afterwards. Was that intentional? Like, what was your intention going into that company when you knew that you wanted to go to grad school and pursue further studies? Sure, it wasn't really planned much at the start. So when I knew that I wanted to do grad school, my parents were on board with it. They were very supportive. They said that if you want to do grad school or master's per se, just do it uh, early. Don't do it when after you work, during your work, because um, my parents' perspective is when you start earning, you'll lose that drive to study more. And that that was a, an actually good advice. At the same time, obviously at that point, I didn't understand what that meant. But then I said, okay, I, I, like, I actually wouldn't know that. So maybe I should just do that. Their only condition was I had to do the boards. So um, I guess you would say as an Asian parent, Asian parent tip it's just if you have if you fail I guess there's a there's a like a plan b or a backup plan um so that was their only condition so when I was applying for um master's I think that was when we were graduating and uh, studying or sorry you do I think you took the board exam before yeah or, I did yeah uh, I did so so yeah so when we graduated um so that was June because they just moved this uh, moved the semester and then applying for the master's application was already in the works at that time. Oh. So yeah, so it was um it was actually in December or I was just like casually looking through. I don't remember the timeline, okay. but um, so, uh, if I understood it correctly, so we graduated twenty sixteen. And mm -hmm. then you went to the States for 2017, was it? Fall August, 2017? Yeah, fall, so, yeah, yeah, August. So, so essentially, during that time that you were reviewing for uh, the boards, the boards were scheduled for October. So you were reviewing from June to October, right? And then after that, did you start uh, right away to Accenture after you passed the board exam? Mm -mm. So, so the... I started in January, actually. So you would say the December is like a full month, full month, no, no work, just, but oh, I already knew, I think I was still applying at some other jobs and then Accenture was just the first one to return offer and then January was the start. So I said, okay, it works well. I don't have to start in December. It's January. There's no, 
um, I think we talked about this, a, a bond or contract or whatsoever. Right. right. Um, and it was actually my aunt and uncle who suggested that maybe I could just work for a few months. Um, uh, work for a few months, like rather than just waiting idly for the results. Yeah. So, so yeah. can you talk to me about the timeline? Like, so we get a timeline of how things unfolded from June of 2016, the time that we graduated from undergrad. The timeline and timeline of like uh, 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 of your application, choosing schools, etc., where to go. Sure, what sure. Kind of yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, for, for that, I really am really thanking my aunt and uncle for that because they really helped me a lot. As soon as they knew that I wanted to do masters, and it was actually just UP at the start, and then they said, let's take it up a notch. Like, if you want to do masters really bad, just do it in the US, right? And so they they actually helped me with um, a lot of things. So they had to tell me, well, I looked at the process also, and you know, you had to take the GRE, you had to take the TOEFL or the English liter uh, English exam, English proficiency exam. Um, GRE is a, you also took it, it's a, it's, it's like an entrance exam for graduate school and you have to have a certain score for a specific school you're applying. So it's like uh, the SATs, but for grad school. And then um, there's no application exam for grad school. So that, I thought that was weird, but I guess that's how the process works. Uh, Timeline-wise, yeah. So um, application is usually, it varies per school, but we usually know they're at the end of the year. So let's assume end of 2016. So that's November, December, 2016. And then the results come in March, February, April in that timeline for August, 2017. So it was pretty st stressful because um, I think preparing for boards they had early sessions before actual graduation so I actually went ahead and went to the early sessions of board for board exam review and then I was already doing that and then having the and then the graduation came and then I was studying for the GRE I think at some point I was studying for the GRE um, I think two months before I know I took the GRE twice um, before sending it just because it was recommended if I don't, you know, the first one is just the trial and then the second right. one's okay, do better. You have, right. but the, yeah, the, the, what is the term? You just have to make sure that you um, are actually better on the second try and you just don't, don't think of it as just a trick. Yeah. So that was there. And then I also had to take the TOEFL, TOEFL, yeah, TOEFL, which is the English proficiency exam. I had to take that in December. So I took that last because the scheduling was very difficult and December was the only thing that worked for me because wow. it was a Saturday and um, it was in Makati. So, okay. Yeah. So I take it. When, did you, when did you end up taking the GRE? Was it after the board exam or like November? Yeah, it was after the board exam, November. So after, after a GR, I think after the boards, I completely shifted my thinking to, okay, GRE. But because it was, it was a good refresher because uh, we were already studying for the board. So there was a lot of math and there was a lot of science in there. So the GRE for me, preparation was really about the essay. Yeah. Um, sure. But I, I, I planned my studying to be bored and then for the boards and then for the GRE just because I know I can't cram preparation for GRE 
And at the same time, I was also fulfilling all the, the statement of purpose, the recommendation letters. Um, yeah, so all that, and then looking up schools, what the what the requirements were per school, what is the GRE requirement grade, um, all those things. So I had a, it was, I, I can't really tell, but I know that the preparation for applying schools is during the time I was also preparing for boards. But right. the exams for GRE and TOEFL, I took after board exams. Right. Because mm -hmm. I'm assuming by the time that you took the GRE, you already knew which schools you want to apply to. Because mm -hmm. when you um, sign up for a GRE exam to get the four free schools yeah, to get yeah, the exactly. application, you have to list down the schools that you had. So mm -hmm. what was the process of like sorting out or filtering out the schools that you want you would consider going into? Sure. Um, so I had to start first with uh, what kind of degree you want, right? And yeah, then, of course. And then, so engineering was still my way to go. And uh, master, yeah, master of science. So that was it. And then you uh, select which ones are the best school. And then I also had to convert our GWA or grade weighted average to a GPA conversion, which is the highest is flipped, it's like a four versus a one. So frankly speaking, I wasn't the best college student, which, you know, I, I, that's just the life. I, I barely yeah. passed and I'm, I'm very thankful that I did all the hard effort and work for that. So if we convert that into the GPA, it's really not good. I would say like a B or basically an above average student. I, I, I'm not even up there. So the schools that I selected weren't really the top-notch schools. Um, for example, I didn't apply for UC Berkeley. I didn't apply for um, Georgia Tech or um, just like all the famous engineering schools that, that offer masters for international students with um, good locations because um, Applying is really expensive, so you also have to be really. I think you, I think you also know this. Like you have to be also really careful about which schools you want to apply because if you know you're not guaranteed of getting in, then what's the point of I guess spending that money and that time yeah. for it? Because you're not only spending your time, you're also spending that time of the people you're asking recommendations for, right? Um, so that that first happened. So you you know you decrease you reduce the size of the schools that you wanna go into versus the grade that you graduated with and then the scores that you need. So that came up. And then location wise, uh, we were centralized or I centralized in the Midwest because um, my parents were comfortable if I stayed with relatives that were close and they, not necessarily that I have to live with, but in the area. So Midwest uh, was the place to go. And that led me to IUPUI or well, or I got my degree from Purdue. Yeah. 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 And then how did you prepare that application process? Like, um, so I think you talked a bit about the GRE already, the preparing for mm -hmm. TOEFL, and then for the other requirements, like asking for like recommendation letters and all. Um, how was it like for you? Very uncomfortable because <laughs> you have to, it, it, it's like you're, you, I wasn't really a teacher's pet in college. No offense to all those who are teacher's pet, but um, 
So it was very hard to get connections from professors who you know really, really know you in your class. And at the same time, you can trust in giving you good recommendations. Right. Um, I'm not saying that don't choose some professor that you got a failing grade just because you have no options, but even thinking of your recommendation, or sorry, th thinking of the sources of your recommendations is also very important and strategic because you don't want them to feel like it's their responsibility to make you pass or to make you accepted in, in the program and the school that you want to go to. They're only there to give you strong support about your um, determination and will to go into a program, so. Yeah. So um, you chose to ask recommendations from professors in UP, right? Before, back then? Yeah, I, I did from UP a few, and I, I, I think I chose almost the same professors for all my recommendation letters um, because I, didn't really create a lot of connections for my professors back in college. Also at the same time, I felt that uh, it's a sense of um, relationship that you build with them. So if you if you have, not unless like the schools you're going for, there's actually alumni that you would ask recommendations from it. But since I do not have that, um, if you choose the right professors or the right people to give you recommendations then I think they can provide you with every school that you want to apply to yeah so mm -hmm. so yeah I got from UP from the university and some teachers from my high school mm -hmm. yeah just to give and, a broad range and then since you you mentioned earlier that um, you decided or you like the master's idea flowed into your head like mid-college and all is there yeah, something yeah. that looking back, you would do, had you known that you would be applying for grad school later on? Or something that, you know, for for um, students listening right now who are still in their undergrad, what could they do to prepare for that, for that process, the moment they realize, oh, I want to go to grad school? Yeah, um, I think you did this also. If you know that you want to go to grad school, do well in your studies, first of all. <laughs> like, um, it, it sounds really redundant and cliche that your grades will take you anywhere. Um, the grades matter once you apply to the schools, but honestly, it doesn't once you get in. It, it, yeah. it, it just, uh, yeah, you agree with that. So it, it just matters for application. It doesn't matter once you get in because after that, you make your own grades, right? So that, that's one thing. Second is that if you if you really want to be in grad school, um, you can start talking to people. I think that's 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 what you did. You started to connect with people who have done grad school, whether it's in the Philippines or abroad, or um, just did postgraduate work, um, or who are in the academe, because that that you know, it's, it's just extra, it's just extra years being in school, really. So, so yeah, those are just yeah. things that I thought I knew or wish I could have known when I was applying. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. And just for the record, if, of course, we always want to do well and have good grades, but if we end up not getting the best grades, I didn't have the best grades in all courses yeah, that yeah. I took. It's yeah. not, 
gonna break your application for the students. I mean, yeah, you can always compensate it with something, you know, um, some experiences or like other things yeah, that you yeah. could have done. So, yeah, definitely try to do better with your academics. But if you fail a course or two, it doesn't. You don't. You don't really necessarily lose chance of getting admitted into a good program. So yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I. Guys, I failed like probably five subjects. I don't know. I failed and, you know, still graduated on time. Um, I fulfilled my master's in the U.S. from, I guess, a good university, which is Purdue. So, yeah, ooh, go Boilers. But it's it's a it, it it doesn't really stop you. If I think if there's a will, there's a way. For sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, since you spent that so much time preparing for a GRE TOEFL and all of that basically like six months of your or half of your year spent preparing and thinking about graduate school and then you started yeah. January came you submitted all your applications now you just anxiously wait for decisions to come in um, yeah. Yeah. what was your mindset back then like why you were patiently waiting for the results how did you prepare your mindset and all for mindset. whatever will happen Sure. Um, I think at that point, I was mentally tired that, okay, I finished all my applications. I, I, I finished all my life applications. I finished emailing the professors I made a recommendation. So I was, I was mentally tired per se. And it was just more of a relief, a breath of, uh, of relief because it's just like, okay, that, that's done now. Uh, now there's more things that I have to do or just focus on that. Um, I think my mentality going in um, through the following year of 2017 was just that I think I've, it's just, I've done what I can. Um, you started a I, new job. <laughs> I start. I, I started a new job. Hopefully this job distracts me well <laughs> from getting so anxious about the results. And um, it didn't really matter if uh, I got accepted or not at that point. Um, because that's what also what my parents told me. It, it, they said, like, if you really want masters, you know, God will make a way for you. Yeah. Um, if not, you know, maybe the U.S. is not just for you. Uh, maybe yeah. you just have to work harder here in the Philippines, you know. But I think at that point, whatever it is, I still wanted to do matters, masters if yeah. I or just graduate program, whether it is here in the U.S. or in the Philippines. It didn't really matter. How, how many schools did you apply ended up applying to? Yeah, good question. Wait one second. Let me count. <laughs> <laughs> I think four. All oh, Midwest. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you mind sharing which schools these was? These were. Sure. Um, IUPUI. So that's Indiana University, Purdue University. It's it's just a joint venture in Indianapolis, which is the yeah. capital of Indiana, and then University of Kentucky. Um, U of K and then University of Louisville, which is also in Kentucky. And um, I tried applying for what's U of I, University of Illinois. In, Chicago? Or, uh, or no, Urbana in, in Urbana, Champaign. the, the main wow. one. Yeah. But, but my grades didn't go in. It's just, I knew, but I still tried. So yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like yeah. one of those things. Yeah. yeah. And then I think that's it. Or I think University of Toledo. Because University of Toledo, with my GPA, I knew I'll pass, I'll get in. So it's it's literally just a fallback. And then the University of U of I, University of Illinois, is is just a 
very high standards and you have a low standards and you have the middle ones. Wow. Yeah. So, no sponsors much. intended. Yeah, no sponsors <laughs> intended. UC <laughs> is like up there and it's one really great school, but it's so cold. I had friends who went to <laughs> undergrad and they're like, yeah, it's a good school. And it is, it, it, it's really, it's really up there for engineering. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, but it's really cold. Well, all the schools I chose have like cold winters. So <laughs> it's more like where Midwest. you are living. Yeah. Midwest life. And yeah. then after, yeah, after you applied for all those schools and then the ashes uh, are just waiting for a result and all, how did you find out that you got into? <laughs> That's a very you? funny story. <laughs> Sorry, I started laughing. Um, sure. I, I think I got my results March. I don't know if we talked about this, somewhere in March. And then I was actually at work when I received it. So um, I remember the day, right, exactly. So um, I knew that the results were coming in in that week because that's what the website said. So I have been refreshing my email ever. Like, was it like day. mid-March or late March at that time? Started in March. Um, like first first week first week of March um, that and then I was at work so what happened was I think we were in training just just a quick session of training and then um, I finished my exercise so I went to the bathroom so obviously that's when I checked my phone and then when I checked my phone I was in the bathroom and it said like congratulations <laughs> I didn't even read it I didn't even read the email I just I just saw like who is it from and then congratulations. And then I just want to dance in the bathroom <laughs> by myself. <laughs> I was like, um, I forgot. Yeah, so th th that, that totally happened. So I didn't come back to my desk. I, I called my mom. I called my dad. I said, this is happening. And I'm so glad no one was in the bathroom because I think I almost streaked. And um, yeah, and then I went back just relaxing and just like working. Like nothing happened, like complete, complete change of mood, complete change of pace. And then I said, okay, mom, I got to go to work now. Um, don't freak, like, like just, I'll show you the email when I get home. Blah, 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 blah. So it was a really, really normal day. And it was, a, it was, it was one of the best experiences in the world. Yeah. <laughs> did, did anyone in your office knew, know about this application that you mm -hmm. got in and such? So it was a secret no. from everyone, even from our yeah. group of friends. <laughs> I mean, a few of us yeah. knew it. And the other day, I thought, oh, Carmela graduated from master's. <laughs> like, oh, she went to the well, state. No, I, no, well, I think you knew. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did. Some, yeah, because yeah, my personality is really not just um, telling my life, you know? It, it, it's just, I, I feel like I don't need to, so I didn't have to. I only yeah. told the people who had to know. Um, but, but, but yeah, no one, definitely at work, knew, no one knew because you will create um, negative impact on your team because just think about it. If, 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 you, if you started working for your new job and to think that you might leave, that, that, that just um, ruins your image they might not even rely on you. They might not even give you more work. So I still wanted to prove myself and see if I can make it in the uh, software industry or the IT industry, being an engineer also. And, and at the same time, do I feel like the industry is good for me or do would I love academia more in the end? So, yeah. yeah. And, and getting into a good school, 
um, getting admitted is just the start of the process. You know, even if you feel like everything is done, you've finished your applications, and that's just that's just the beginning. Once you get admitted, yeah. you face another problem, and that is yeah. going to the U.S. is very expensive. How am I going to fund my education and not that? Yeah. So how, if you don't mind sharing, how? Yeah. How did you prepare your mind going through that, knowing that you might have to, you know, work your ass off to get some to to fund your education and like pay whatever it is that you need to pay and such. Yeah. Yeah, so as soon as um, I knew that we got accepted um, and with the school that I I wanted to go into, um, there really was no turning back because in my head, okay, I know that everyone in my family is going to say yes to this. Um, so at work, it was pretty normal, you know, just, just do everything 100% and more, um, go above and beyond what I'm requested at for and which is which was my work ethics and then um every um uh, salary pay that i got in a month i saved up actually and i can didn't really convert it in cash but i just uh in dollars but i just saved it just in case i needed it um that was my dad's thinking um because he said like we don't know what's going to happen in the u.s so might as well save every every salary that I get like on top of you know food gas um commute expenses that's there but yeah that's that's it and then um we had to set up well I had to set up my passport renewal because mine was also expiring that year and then I we also had to set up the visa appointment so that was also there for the student visa um, so that was there. It was a lot of more appointments set up. Um, and then what else did we have to do? Oh, tickets. Yeah. So tickets were also there. And it was, I thought, I think in my head, it wasn't, I didn't really think of anything else. I didn't really think that it would end up with me living here right now. I'd say it was merely just like, oh, I'm just studying again for two years or so. And so, yeah, that, that's how it was. So I left in August. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how was preparing for that big move? Like, how did you set your mind with like, I'll be staying in the U.S. for the next two years. We'll be seeing, uh, we'll be at different time zone away from France and just completely studying. How are you preparing for that? Like knowing that you'll leave and you don't know if you will come back. <laughs> uh, sure. Um, I don't actually remember. I think I was just so excited at that point that um, that masked all the anxiety and fear of moving into a different country. Um, you know, immersing yourself in a new culture that you probably only watched in movies um or you know read about it's 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 quite overwhelming I think my 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 I think as I said I was too excited that this is all just working out like I I got my visa appointment I got my passport appointment renewal set like everything was going smoothly and and it was and like everyone was like oh congratulations and and like thank you and then um but but it was 
it, it, yeah, it was more excitement. And I think that was large enough to mask the anxiety and fear behind moving. Right. Um, yeah, so basically just didn't really sink in. And because I knew, I was very simple-minded at that point. So I knew that going here, it, it was master's, graduate, get that degree. So it, it was, I was purely driven for that thought. So I think that was, you know, that was my driving factor. So what were your expectations before you entered grad school? And how was it like when you finally got there? Um, the community, well, expect- how was it? Okay. Your expectations as you were going to graduate school versus the reality of when you stepped into that university and have to study again for the next two years. Sure. Expectations. Um, a lot of adjustments, really. Um, for sure, that was my expectation. It was also reality, a lot of adjustments. A lot of <laughs> English speaking time, <laughs> which, which honestly was quite difficult at first, even though we're talking. So um, we're, we're talking fluently and straight right now without any pauses in the right. dialogue. But um, that was an expectation I was not really ready to face. In reality, um, I struggled for some words that I couldn't speak in English. Uh, so that was there. Um, in the community, um, graduate school is just like any other freshman day at school. You don't know anyone, not unless you you have your best friend in life that you are in the same program with. Um, so everything is new, which is was the same expectation and reality that I had. Um, the living is quite different. So expectation was... I didn't really have any expectations because I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. The reality, the the reality of living there is that everything was so advanced. Just um, like how teachers are very responsible about their time, how how they expect their students to be also responsible. How everyone is fully equipped with the latest technology. How the school is equipped with the latest technology. How obviously how cool the buildings were. You know, given right. that we graduated from UP, everything to me was, I felt like, I felt like I was living in the future, just like a different country. But I, I, I honestly felt like I was living in the future. Um, in, in like just trying to get food at a, um, trying to get food for lunch, that was, everything was like a fast food type or like a food court type. So it's just, just get grab and go. And, and yeah, the, Expectation of using money versus credit card, uh, hard cash versus a credit card. That was, that was something I didn't know actually. So, I you know in the Philippines we always use cash mm-hmm. for yeah. everything or debit card really. Credit card is, we think it's a luxury to have it or a, an expense to have it. But there everyone uses it. So I thought, wow, that is, that is something I never thought about. Um, yeah, just just there there's a lot. I I think not a lot of expectations, just a lot of surprises in reality. So mm-hmm. how was the learning environment? Like your classmates, um, did you expect because at least for me, for example, for my situation, uh coming mm-hmm. into Berkeley, I was expecting everyone to be so good, like intelligent, geniuses, etc. And all of them are. But one thing that I realized is that Filipinos could actually could um are at par with their um, level of intelligence. Like we could keep up with them. 
So I'm curious to know how was it for you attending classes and all that? You, you know, like we had classmates in UP who are outliers going above and beyond, yeah, graduating yeah, in four years yeah. and all. So how would you compare that to those people that you um, met in grad school? Yeah, yeah. Um, engineering is the same. There's going to be outliers out there. I, um, I'd say I'm, I'm above average um, in my classes. Um, there are some ridiculously talented geniuses out there that really didn't struggle with with graduate class um, maybe because they just got used to it but for us you know it's we have to learn it we have to really work hard on it study about it in order for us to get moving um yeah so it it, it was um I guess because of the less classes that we have to take in graduate studies you're able to focus more rather than juggle a full load in college. So that gives you more time to process things and gives you more yeah. time to focus on priorities. True, true. And, and for masters, yeah, that's that's correct what you said. Uh, for masters, we do have less credit units or like less classes than yeah. how much we have for undergrad. So that's something um, good that we could actually focus on, you know, building relationships, finding jobs, um, deciding what we want to do after graduate school and all that. And I, I, mm -hmm. I actually want to talk about um, job hunting and all after this, but before we leave this conversation or this topic, yeah. uh, I'd like to ask yeah. you, like, as a Filipino who got to experience what it feels like to study in a university in the U.S., uh, what would you say are your key takeaways from that whole experience that someone living here in the Philippines you think would appreciate oh okay I didn't know that <laughs> oh yeah um um I guess it's coming from personal perspective um don't be afraid to ask questions um that's that's one key takeaway because whether or not you know people when you come into the graduate program or whether or not you're you're by yourself you, no one else can answer your questions if you don't ask them in the first place. So whether it is a stupid question at class or just directions on where the restroom is or just directions on how to read your schedule, it, 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 it's, it makes a difference that you push yourself to ask a question because first of all, no one knows you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is so if you're so afraid I know that like a Filipino mentality is just like everyone's gonna judge me I'm gonna I'm gonna fail at this I'm gonna suck at whatever it is I'm doing I'm like man you're 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 in the you're in a different country now no one else literally knows you so whether they judge you or not you're you don't care because you don't know them they don't know you you're basically just asking every question that they had in their heads where's the restroom which way is room 127 i don't know just just like that um so that's really a key takeaway just don't be afraid to ask questions um and don't be afraid to be judged because at the end of the day if you get judged so what <laughs> maybe you won't right. meet them right? Right. right um yeah so that's that's one key takeaway that i, I learned just keep it ask questions, um, whether it's a stupid question. It, it, no, there are no stupid questions, is what I think. Um, another takeaway that I think coming from the Philippines is um, 
guys, Asians are <laughs> good students. <laughs> they are. Um, yeah, I, 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 I say that Asians are good students, and especially like you already graduated college, and you, you have people want to study anymore they they just like gave up work you know earn earn and survive for a living yeah. um but yeah if if you have the because I, I think filipinos are very ambitious um honestly and um resourceful um that was actually a trait that i'd say i brought here because you, you make ways to make sure you get details, you get those classes in, you get those requirements in. So yeah, don't like, it is, it's true what they said that Asians are just really hard workers. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I don't know if, if you agree with my key takeaways, like, yeah, like you also have yours, right? Yeah, 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 and that's very true. Um, and you can even see it, like for those who are here in the Philippines, we don't get a lot of funding and then we always are late with the new trends. So you have to be resource resourceful living in a <laughs> yeah. low resource country. And one thing that we really struggle as a community is to ask questions. So, so that's very true. And even if, mm -hmm. I would say, even if you're in the Philippines as a student, uh, I think that's a good takeaway that you got is that um, in the U.S. you learn that it's okay to ask questions. and maybe one thing that students in the Philippines would, could also do is to don't um, hesitate uh, to reach out to people who, th who you think can help you. Don't hesitate to send that cold email because the worst thing that could happen really is they don't reply. And if they don't reply, at least you did not waste their time, but at least you tried and you knew that, okay, there is no, what if I tried to email this person? So what if I tried to ask you this yeah, question? Um... Yeah, based, based from personal experience, if you don't ask, they won't know what you're thinking. Right, like, yeah. People, uh, unless proven, people can't read minds. So so not, not unless you are, I don't know, so you have superpowers, then no one will know yeah. what you think, right? So. Right, yeah. So, so then moving on to the next chapter of your life after you graduated, you chose to stay in the U.S., um, so what are you doing now and how was the process like? Uh, yeah, I am, a, can I mention the company? Yeah. I don't know. Cool. Anyway. If, 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 you're, if you're comfortable. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> no sponsor intended. <laughs> I am, a, I, I currently, I am a electronic controls engineer for an engine company. It's called Cummins Incorporated. Um, we have some in the Philippines. They, in the Philippines, they make um, engines for pickup trucks. It, it is very ECE, or in the US, very EE, <laughs> right? Very, I'd say very EE, but I am working right now on uh, uh, the software's point of view, so the software controls point of view, but it, it it's still a lot of ECE application, so which is fun. Mm -hmm. And how is it um, for those who are interested to learn about how to get a job in the states? Because, um, for example, if you go to Japan, I think based on what NJ has told me in the past, mm -hmm. is that you get to 
I think you mm-hmm. apply for for a visa for a working visa, and then you get to work in Japan, and then you switch jobs later on. If your visa is still valid, you can stay there. But in the U.S., mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, as an inter- yeah, as an international student transitioning to someone who's working, um, what are the requirements? Mm-hmm. At least for like high level requirements that students should know if they are. Looking sure, to study sure. in the yeah. states, yeah, and then work. Yeah. Um. So if you study in the states, you'll 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 get what we got. It's it's a F one visa, which is a student visa. Um. So an F one is it's from the U S embassy, and they stamp it in your passports, and then I think the duration is five years, right? Yeah. So it's a five year duration, and um, that what that is what gets you in the U S, and that would what. what what makes you legal to stay in the U.S. for the amount of time that's written on your passport. Um, to be able to work um, during your student visa is, um, there's a lot of restrictions, but make sure that um, if you want to work like extra hours at school, it has to be in school because you're international. You can't do side jobs like your McDonald's, local McDonald's or you know a fast food chain or whatever it is. Um, you have to work in school. Um, if you want to take it up a, a notch further, um, you have to get an internship, first of all, because no one will hire an international student off the bat if you don't have experience, because they would rather hire an American, because an American knows the whereabouts of how the U.S. industry is. Um, they will also hire an American because they don't have to pay for your visa sponsorship. So that's where we're coming into um, if you're a STEM, okay, so STEM major, science, technology, engineering, and math uh, major, which we both are, um, you can apply for OPT at the end of your graduation, which is optional practical training. So this is good for a year, but if you're a STEM, you for three years. You can extend it for up to two more years, so three years total. So this just means that having that extra three years after your program, you can apply for jobs that will hire international students. Um, meaning that um, they don't necessarily have to pay for your visa sponsorship because technically it's still tied to your school because this is a, a, a practical training. But for it to be approved, your job or the job you're applying for or the job you were accepted into has to be connected to your uh, graduate degree. So that's there. So that's three years. And then um, if you want to, once your three years are up, then you have to apply for a work visa, which is called H1. Um, right now, it's currently a lottery system. So um, they collect all the pool application, applicants for the H1 and they randomly select it. Um, so this is the, this is the difficult part because you're, not all U.S. companies sponsor visas. So you, if you want to work for a company, you have to find a company that will sponsor a visa and also help you apply for that work visa. So the work visa only applies once your OPT paperwork or optional training um, is up or expires. And this work visa will replace your student visa. So okay. yeah, right now I am on work visa. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So you're not on OPT anymore, is it? Or 
Um, no, I'm uh, I was really lucky because I transitioned to work visa because I got chosen in the lottery, wow. um, which I'm really, really, yeah, I'm really, really thankful and grateful for. Um, I got chosen for that. So when I was on OPT itself, they applied, my, my company applied, the company, sorry, the company I work for applied for my work visa and then I, I got selected. So I transitioned from um, student, OPT, and then now I'm on work visa. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I feel, I'm not sure if, if my information is correct, but if, it, but if as, um, as you get a higher degree, your chances of getting in, like the winning the lottery increases, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, if, if you're, I don't know if that system will change. If, if your bachelor's um, degree have a lower chance, excuse me, you have a lower chance of getting in um, versus if you have an advanced degree. Um, so if you're an advanced degree, they, they get more applicants from the advanced versus getting a bachelor's or from the yeah. bachelor's graduate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. That's very helpful information. And I'm sure if, um, students would want to learn more about that. There are so many blogs out there um, that yeah, they could yeah, look at, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Specifically focuses on how to get a job after you went to the U.S. for as an as an international student. Um, so maybe to yeah. wrap up this conversation, um, if you could, could you give us maybe an advice for Filipinos who want to go to graduate school abroad, specifically in the U.S. What, what would it be? And if you could give three, maybe. <laughs> you could do three that. Advice, three <laughs> yeah. pieces of advice? Okay, three pieces yeah. of advice. On top of your head, whatever you, comes up. Have, have, have you thought of pieces of advice? What about you? Have you thought of... Yeah, I did have... I, I, I feel like I asked this to everyone who... Uh, guests in the show. And see, I wanted to see <laughs> if people have different um, pieces of advice that they think are most important, at least for your case. Sure. Based on your experiences. Um, yeah, based on my experience, definitely. Um, top of my head. Wow, this is a lot of pressure you put into your guests. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, man, you, you put a lot, anyway. Um, <laughs> or maybe think about <laughs> advice that you would give yourself as a Filipino who wanted to go to graduate school abroad. It would make things easier. Like, what would you wanted to hear if you were that person back then? Um, I, I think you have just one advice is always just be grounded. Um, that was really fun, but <laughs> sorry. Um, um, always be, always be, always be grounded in, in a way that, um, just don't, don't let demons or accomplishments get on the top of your head because, um, you know, everyone has different meaning, has different definitions of success and accomplishments. Um, honestly, this was just something I wanted to do, and I'm I'm still here. I'm still doing it, so it's, I'm still it, it's it's an accomplishment, some might say, but for me, it's still a work in progress. Um, yeah, so just uh, keep yourself grounded. Make sure you know what your priorities are in the first place. For me, that's what kept me going. Was I I know that I want to graduate. From my graduate degree i know i want to make use of it whatever wherever it takes me whatever it is whatever is plan whatever the plan is for me um so that's one thing second is um 
I think I mentioned this from my key takeaway is, is just don't be afraid to ask questions. A hundred percent. I, I, uh, from personal experience, if you don't ask questions, like you won't know what's, what's coming to you. If you don't ask questions, you won't know if you're failing a class already. And being an international student, we cannot fail a class because that will lead us to getting probation and possibly getting sent back to the Philippines. So that's a waste of money for wherever you got your money from. And it, it's just a waste of time. You just, you just wasted a university's time in accepting you, getting you through the US and all that. So don't, don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, also, don't be afraid to, you know, be judged because you're not from here. I, I mean, I'm not from here. I was not born here. I was born and raised in the Philippines. So I literally don't know what, whatever they're talking about, right? So um, don't be afraid to ask 100%. And then third is, um, I think it comes with the first one, but um just always oh i guess well the keep grounded also comes for um keep grounded also in terms of your support system um support system will go through a long way even though it's for some small support system you know if, if it's just your family if it's just a few friends if it's literally just your mom or just your dad um just having someone that um, because it gets pretty lonely and lonely and um, um, just really maybe even depressing sometimes, you know, just, you probably, I don't know, you probably, I don't know if you felt it, but you know, cause you do things, you're, you're by yourself, you're, you're literally signing up for independence. <laughs> um, so yeah. And then, so that's, that comes with a B grounded I guess but you also take it as a third advice because trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to end with a really good third advice but I can't think of any so um, um yeah I oh yeah maybe just always be on top of your game um I know that they there might be a lot of setbacks when you do your masters or when you go here in the U.S. or just a lot of shortcomings but don't give up always always you know just get up um a f you, you never know a failure might lead you to a bigger opportunity you know yeah. like how i got into my job so it, it, it's or i wasn't the best in college but here i am so it's 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 yeah just, just don't give up so yeah wonderful and i really like your story about you know getting to where you are despite the shortcomings that you've experienced as an undergrad you know everything that we've experienced in triple e um we've had we've met great friends but <laughs> not we didn't have a smooth road getting into graduation and finally you know getting a good job landing a good yeah. school for graduate yeah. school and yeah it's a great yeah. uh, i think it's a great takeaway um for good great way to end this episode especially the grounded one as you what i got from that is as long as you know why you're going into something um trust that everything will go in, uh, back into its own place and 
Yeah, because yeah. because when you ground yourself, and we know this from Triboli concept, you know, you always have a reference point, and that's the purpose of yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, be it positive or negative potential, there is still potential, and as long as you know where your reference is. It will all work out. You have like three out, punts so. in this. Wow, well, I just used <laughs> one, and you used like two. Wow, wow. Well, they should, they should, yeah. they should, uh, they should get us to like model or something. <laughs> Do like a commercial. Um, yeah, definitely be grounded is one. If if you're really, um, if you're really into your faith, that will also come in there. Um, you know, you you just need to keep yourself grounded because U.S. life makes you crazy, man. Yeah. yeah and like just getting through each day um finances and all it's very expensive and different one thing that i've learned from all these conversations that i've had offline and online with different people is that um, different people have their own ways of how they get through something and every one's situation is unique and the purpose yeah. of sharing these stories is to get an insight and get more samples of what these people's stories are. But doesn't necessarily mean that if this person is successful with what he or she is doing right now, that doesn't mean you have to follow that 100%. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, other people have their own advantages in other things, while but there are disadvantages in a certain thing that maybe this other person is you know, more advantaged at. And we just have to make use of our strengths and not um, delve too much into, oh, I don't have a good grade for undergrad or, oh, I don't have money to pay for grad school because if it's for you, it's, it's for you. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. I think I said it before, if, 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 you, if you have the will to do it, there will always, always, always be a way to get Correct. into that. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so this has been a great conversation. And if you have someone like you would like me to, or you think would be a good guest in this episode, or what you think would be something that we could talk about in the future, I'm always happy to listen. And that is it for this chat. If you like this episode or would like to suggest a future topic, let me know by sending me a quick message. I'm always looking for interesting conversations and hope to share more similar stories in the future. My Twitter handle is at rocksalt, that's R-O-X-S-A-L-T. You may also send me an email at rocksalt.acc at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in and see you in the next one.